This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast, brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays, with a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. It's Natterdays. They're going to run and get that boot. The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season. A baseball team that's on the way back. A college world series title. I almost got fired because I went Willie the boss after I had a little too much sauce. This is the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. It was a really a bad time to kind of be away with everything that went on. Power outages, trees down, bad, you know, just just bad weather. Yeah. All around. Well, when the Godfather maybe it was Fort Smith good, is gone. Maybe, maybe it was a good time to be gone. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's certainly been yeah, uh, pretty – here in the River Valley, it's certainly been a crazy weather yeah. for the past couple of weeks, and it's just – it's it's devastating. And this flooding is well, devastating. This is sad stuff. This is catastrophic. Uh, and, you know, we're going to discuss it throughout the morning because it affects really everyone listening. I know in northwest Arkansas, the, the Arkansas River really doesn't, uh, you know, run through the, you know, Benton and Washington County areas, but, you know – Eventually, the water has nowhere to go. Yes, <laughs> and these lakes are going to back up. So eventually, it's it's going to have a domino effect that affects everyone, even those in in North Central Arkansas. But you think about from the from the western border, and we got listeners, of course, in in Oklahoma, who's who's uh, got extreme catastrophic historic flooding as well this morning. But you just you follow that Arkansas River from from Fort Smith, where it comes across the state line. Uh, in Fort Smith, and then in, works its way through our state and a lot of a lot of our great towns that that are underneath the Morning Rush uh, listing area, as it winds through the River Valley, through Fort Smith, and uh, kind of down I forty, not really, yeah. but makes its way towards Dardanelle and Russellville, and then you know Moralton, and just you just keep going, Little Rock. I mean, this is going to be catastrophic flooding that affects so many Arkansans. All the way till it exits the state and into the delta, and dumps into a to a Mississippi River that's been out of its banks for months now, and um, you know I just 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 seeing the pictures and seeing these videos and watching the news, it just it just breaks your heart that people are having to leave their homes and gather up what they can, and um, you know the power of water is awesome and it's on full display right now. Yeah, and like we, me oh. and you talked on the phone last night about it because obviously you, you this is where you're from, this area, yeah. and I'm new to this area. But it was one of those things that when I was, you know, hearing about it and seeing it coming, I just didn't think it was ever going to be a likely thing that hey, well, the, the river would start flooding out homes and flooding out uh, the River Valley area. It just didn't seem like something that would just pop in your mind and be a likely thing. But yet here we are. Seen, we've seen floods over the years, over my lifetime. We've seen. You know, I've seen several floods that, that have been noteworthy or or historic at its time. I've never seen anything close to this. I don't ever I – mean, this morning we're sitting here talking to you and the 59 Highway Bridge just two miles from where we're yeah. sitting in Barling, where if you've seen the video, I mean, there's been basically every network news outfit in the country has been here doing the national news – from Barling, Arkansas, Fort Smith, Arkansas, where they had to air evac or, or uh, uh, rescue some of the Corps of Engineer workers that were at Lock and Dam 13, which is located in Barling, which is not, you know, that, that, that Lock and Dam facility is not far from where we sit. That is the only bridge that gives you entry 
across the river into Fort Smith right now. They have, I have never Crazy. seen in my life the bridges into this city closed. But I, I was went to Eagle Crest and got to play golf yesterday morning, and I could see the water was coming up near the shoulders. I said, it's only a matter of time between Kelly Highway and the bridge on, on the very north side of Fort Smith. It's just a matter of time. To, this roadway is going to be closed. And here, it's going to be four, five, six days. It's going to be in the, to early next week before that remedy is to the, to the water receipts. If there's anything for that. And if the 59 highway bridge at Barling, which is going to have to carry all the traffic and is going to run right in front of our Morning Rush studios, it's already backed up this morning. Um, it's just going to be a mess. Yeah. So everyone listening this morning trying to get to and from work, if that bridge gets closed down, Fort Smith's essentially on an island at that point. Yeah, I mean you're gonna you're gonna have to take some real big back roads, kind of go. I think we were talking about Tom well, go to you, go to Russellville, well, kind of through. Thinking that over, I told I told you I, I forget you could cross over Morrison Bluff, essentially south of Clarksville, Scranton, yeah, that area, and get back over. But it's it's got flooding, and it's not the bridges that are the problem; it's the roadways the roads, leading yeah. to the bridges that are the problem. So yeah, I mean this is I've never seen anything like that. I mean I'm not. I know y'all think I'm old, but I mean I'm 43. I guarantee you, there are people. I really wish my dad and my grandpa were here to to ask them. I guarantee they've never seen anything like this, no, ever in, in the River Valley. So this is, uh, and this, and, but the roadways and the closing of bridges, all that's a major inconvenience. But the real sad thing is watching people's homes have feet of water in them yeah because you know, i'm i'm i mean i don't have any i don't have any property that i've got problems with or anything like i just i just feel bad for you yeah. people that that uh that i know that are that are having to deal with that yeah because it's because you talk about water being the awesome force i mean when something like that happens and flooding comes in at the way it's coming it's like what can you do i mean it's not like some, anything you can do to stop it it's just I mean, it's going to happen you know the one thing that's been just awesome to watch from afar, and then I got to watch it very up close yesterday as well for a few hours, is just the response from your neighbor. Oh, yeah. Your response. You know, Arkansas gets a bad rap nationally. Fort Smith gets a bad rap around this state for whatever reason. I'm telling you, the the good-hearted nature of the people of the River Valley has just been on full display for days now. You know, people that that have, uh, you know, nothing that they're going to lose, no, no property or homes at risk, stopping what they're doing to go fill sandbags or to haul sandbags on their trailer or to do whatever they can to help strangers. It's just been awesome uh, to watch people love on their neighbor the way they have. It really has been a great showing you once again that you know you watch the national news and you watch all these sleazebag politicians up there a lot of times the way they behave and carry on they want you to believe our country really is divided and everybody hates each other and then something like this happens and you realize you know that's not really what our country is yeah really at all i mean it's sad because you never want to see any type of disasters happen but no. it's amazing the disasters and the type of positivity that can come mm-hmm. from it and the type it shows just how human yep. we all are and the human element yep. is by caring for one another yep. so and when the chips are down and there's problems like what we have we all back each other that's right so what we do is our kansas because i mean I, I think about things like the tornadoes that went through Bologna, mm-hmm. or i mean there's been other 
um, weather catastrophes around our state. And this is going to be probably the largest on dollar scale, not on loss of life, but on property damage. This is going to be probably the biggest um, loss of property we have ever seen in our state. Because this is going to go from one end of the state. It's just going to work its way right down. Right down the entire state along the, the river. And it's not just the river. It's the the, the the tributaries and the drainage ditches and all these things that have nowhere to go that are now backing up into people's homes. You don't have to live right on the river to have a flooding issue as a result of this. It's going to be a problem in towns like Fort Smith, Van Buren, Russellville, Dardanelle, Moralton. You know, just keep <laughs> wherever the river's at, keep going. Mm-hmm. And when there's nowhere for the water to go, eventually the White River, the Norfolk River, all of these places that work its way up into other parts of our state, in a few weeks' time, that's going to be an issue. Because, John, that water's got nowhere to go. Yeah. And now we're getting more rain today and tomorrow, they're talking? It, it's this, I'm telling you, this is a serious, serious deal. And if you don't have respect for the power of a river and the, and the awesome power of water... This event right here should should teach all of us how awesome the power of a river can be. Yeah, can't stop Mother Nature when she does her thing, man. It's I mean, it is incredible to see just uh, how, like you said, just how a force like water can do this. I'm hoping our man, Officer Breeden, has time to get by. Yeah, I, I would I imagine too. if he's on duty this morning, he's probably just swamped. So he, pretty busy. Maybe he can call. I, I doubt he has time to swing by the studio today because I mean, there's like traffic's probably not. Tripled or quadrupled is probably what's beyond that. When you've quadrupled, then what's the next thing? I, see, I just know quintuple it, and I don't know. But yes, t- five times is what it kind of goes right. to by that time. Traffic through the city of Barling going into Fort Smith is probably five times what it is on a normal Tuesday morning right now. So he's, he's got, but he was on the national news as saw that as the uh, helicopters had to come in and rescue workers from the Lock and Dam thirteen, and just the the pictures of that were, I mean, awesome's a, a yeah. probably a good description. Awesome in a way that just, just wow, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, it, it was an incredible video, especially. Uh, and then seeing Officer Breen, I was really disappointed because I thought his first name was Officer, not James. <laughs> so uh, I was, I was kind of weird yeah, seeing that James Breen. I can't he, he, may, that. he may have an agent by now. He may not really get by here. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we, you know... We, we're going to talk about this throughout the morning because I think that's what a lot of y'all are talking about. Of course, we're going to get to Arkansas's baseball regional. Oh, yeah. There's a ton Jimmy of stuff. Jimmy Witt is now a Razorback again. A lot of stuff that are, is on the docket, but you know, a lot of you are hurting out there. That's right. And uh, we'll try to be a little bit of a, uh, of a of a safe haven. You can go and think about something other than, you know, for, for some of you out there, just the uh, the disaster that, that's coming. You know, yeah. the disaster that's unfolding in front of your very eyes for, for those that live along the river. If it's not affecting you, it's affecting someone you know or someone you work with. Um, it's just you don't have to, to, to go very far in your life to figure out somebody this flood somewhere is affecting. Yeah, no doubt about it. And our thoughts and prayers are out to all of you who are being impacted by this flooding. And uh, throughout the show, we're going to not only talk about it, but to if there's ways that you can have get involved and in helping out with people, yeah. we're also going to bring that up too. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna get into a lot of things to try to help out people as uh, much as possible as we can, especially it, here in the it, river valley. And people have been for days. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. going to be more with. I'm, I'm you know certain, and we'll get more details. You know, with United Way and and places you can donate. But the one thing I've been impressed with is 
people donating their time. Mm-hmm. You know, that's more valuable. Than I've been watching things. it. I've been out of town, but I've been watching it on Facebook. People donating for days at Community Bible, where, where I go to church, filling sandbags for several days. I went over to to the boys' club and was there for a few hours yesterday. There have been people doing this for days, helping fill these sandbags. And I'm telling you, there was probably 150 to 200 people that just showed up mm-hmm. and were helping fill sandbags yesterday. And the city of Fort Smith, has, the city, for all the problems and issues that people have with the city at times, they have been awesome through this deal. And they kept bringing sand and people kept showing up. And there were bags and there were shovels and there were people ready to work yesterday. And I was there about mm, three or four hours, something like that. And uh, our buddy Scott over at Calico and his wife, Sheila, and Fred, and there's some other, and just a ton of people. And uh, just, you know, there have been people doing that for days. You know, it's just been really cool to see the, pe- the people give of their time to help help each other. Yeah. Sometimes... Sometimes writing a check isn't the right answer. It's, it's getting out and doing something. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. A light lager brewed with a phenomenal strawberry lemonade flavor that's perfect for bringing the fun to every occasion. The new Natural Light Natterdays. Touchdown, Hogs! Holy Hog! Talking about Razorback baseball and uh, the fact that they do get the regional. They're the five seed. They'll be taking on the vaunted team of Central Connecticut State, which, you know, I saw somebody make the joke. He's like, how do you have a Central Connecticut State when Connecticut's such a small state that pretty much the entire state is Central Connecticut yeah, State? Right. So, but uh, either way, they'll be facing off against them. And, of course, the two seed and the three seed in that matchup is Cal versus TCU. So we're getting all your reactions, 877-377-6963. Also been talking about the flooding this morning, so uh, we'll continue to – Keep our thoughts on that and also the conversation on that, uh, too, throughout the morning. Yeah, no doubt about it. Let's go to the phone lines. Robbie is in Jacksonville. What's going on, Robbie? Hey, what's going on, boys? And notice Ty's a little quieter. Now his boss is back. Oh, has he been chirping? Was he chirping while I was going? Oh, he was chirping, baby. He was chirping. Tony, it's like, yeah, I'm in the seat now. Tommy's gone. I'm in the seat. Oh. I am the man now. Oh. No, I'm just Well. It was fun. It was, it was entertaining watching uh, Ty is gone. They were just, uh, they were was, he, was he bowing his chest out a little bit? Man, they had you know they had the best music ever playing uh, while while you were gone though. I'll tell you, that, you know the the, uh, the beer the beer flowing music was was nice. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it was good. Hey, so I hope everybody had a great <laughs> Memorial Day. And uh, you know, my heart goes out to all the flooding happening there. I mean, that could happen anywhere. And uh, you know, I just hope that folks get the relief they need. And uh, I'll hang on the line and uh, you know provide some information if uh, if uh, you guys will take it down when we're done. Sure. Hey, uh, so want to call in? Uh, I want to say I think we got a great draw. And the reason why I say that is, arguably, uh, TCU, is, it, by a lot of accounts, may have been the last team in uh, from an at-large perspective. A lot of folks are just, like, shocked that they made it in. Uh, and then we get Ole Miss possibly on the other side. And, you know, really when you look at it, I mean, I think that we have a little bit better ball, ball than them and, uh, in terms of, you know, being able to match up three games that uh, if we play our cards right, I think we could – we have the path to Omaha, and now it's all about going and executing. So uh, I really like the way things set up, regardless of anything else, uh, the way that we kind of finished. I think that if uh, you know we, if we can get a good outing from our number two in the regional to build some confidence for a super regional, then I think that it's going to bode well for us going, going forward. Uh, a side note, uh, with Jimmy Witt coming back to Arkansas, I think that's a horrendous move. Uh, 
a guy who can't shoot, you know, you know what, twenty percent from three point line, a little a clip over fifty percent from free throw line. I mean, really, we need retreads like that coming back to Arkansas. I, I don't think so. And I was going to just create angst in the fan base, and you know, I think that's what AD should have came in and probably like, you know, throat chopped that one, said, "Nope, well, no, nope, not doing that." I don't uh, think that should but, be the first move the AD makes with the new coaches. Putting putting the axe on somebody uh, he wants on his roster. Yeah, Probably, I don't know. I don't know. That just seemed question like a really is, bad move. Well, a bad move overall. Robbie, the question is who is leaving that's been on the roster? Because now you're like, I don't know. We're, at least one. Are you one or three. two over? I've lost count. I think you're two I, I over. Think, yeah, two over. I think okay, we're two over right now. I mean, you think Holmes' scholarship will, will, will get retracted? I mean, I think that was a you know good nature thing. But I mean, then someone else is transferring that hasn't declared yet, or you know, it's kind of a behind well, the scenes or they. They're leaving, but no one knows yet. And but I don't know that person. It, it, I, I can tell you, Khalil Garland. Khalil Garland's yeah. scholarship is going to count back. So that may be. I don't know if, how that factors into the math, but I've been told in pretty close source that uh, Khalil Garland's situation is not going to change, and and uh, it, it looks like sooner rather than later they're probably going to just keep him on academic scholarship, keep yeah. him part of the team, but he's not going to. Count towards the the thirteen scholarship. Yeah, they got to do right by the young man. I mean, oh, they will. Situation is, you know, that's that's a side note. I mean, right. it's unfortunate in the whole the whole deal, but you want to make sure the kid gets a chance to at least go to college and get it paid for. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt about it. So we'll talk about that a lot more for you as well, uh, uh, Robbie. Our right, boys, have a good one. Yeah, always appreciate you calling in, man. Appreciate your takes on everything. That's for sure. Let's go back to the phone lines. Danny's in Russellville. What's going on, Danny? Hey, Robbie. What's good morning, guys. Um, they, are they still bringing in people? I mean, this is there's transfer seems like every other day. Uh, was it, like you said, you're you're over the limit now, and uh, I don't know. I didn't even know he was trying to bring Jimmy Whitty, and I, that surprised me. What did Nolan always say? Nolan, these things have a way of working themselves out, or whatever. So. I didn't even know he was still. <laughs> I didn't even know where Jimmy Witt was at. I, <laughs> I had no idea. But uh, the Hogs, boy, they really. They got themselves in a funk the last few weeks as far as hitting the baseball. Pitching was really not that bad, but, man, they just couldn't buy a hit. And I know they're coming home and everything, but that's that's a bad trend, and uh, they need to work themselves out of that. Are they matched up against Georgia uh, if they – Win this first region? No, they're matched up against the uh, Ole Miss if they end up winning. Assuming that Ole Miss wins their regional. Yes. So if Ole Miss wins their regional and uh, Arkansas has to face them, you could potentially see them playing. I think I believe that would make it seven games or eight games on the uh, year. And then they, they would play an Ole Miss. I was hoping we'd get some people that we hadn't been playing every week. You know, it's, you get tired of playing the same teams, and it's good to see somebody different. I'm glad this this region we got some new teams, but. Uh, I was I didn't know who they'd be matched up against, but uh, Bill Buckner uh, died yesterday, and yes. I you know I he was such a great hitter. I just hated that even you know at his death, all they want to talk about is a stupid error. You know, I I, I just can't believe people want to be <laughs> you know one stupid error. He shouldn't even been out there. He's on a bad leg and. He's, he was a great player. He he never struck out three times in a game. I just can't hardly mm-hmm. believe that. You know, today, baseball players, they'll strike out three times uh, three times a week. 
you know, he never struck out in 22 years three times in a game. Yeah, I heard earlier that he didn't uh, have 40 in a season. That's crazy. That's just unbelievable. And uh, like I said, that's stuff like that, like Bart, man. You know, they blame him because they booted a ball, and they had a chance to win that game. This was game six, and then they blew a three-run lead in game seven of the uh, World Series. This, You know, they had chances to win. It's just. Everybody wants a scapegoat, you know, and he's, that's what he's remembered for, even though he was a great, great, great player. And even even in on his death, they, that's all they want to talk about. But, uh, gentlemen, uh, go Hogs, and uh, you have a good day. Hey, appreciate the phone call as always, Danny. Yeah, that's something we didn't even have a chance to bring up yet because of all the headlines. Right. But, uh, yeah, the fact that uh, Bill Buckner and his well, passing. When I heard that news yesterday, I was with some, some buddies of mine, and we were talking, how, how much would you really know Bill Buckner? who played from 69 to 90, he would not, if it hadn't have been for that one play, I mean, Bill Buckner's name in, in baseball and the Red Sox and that World Series and, and, and maybe greatest blunders or chokes in sports, it's synonymous, but, but the Bill Buckner name is a household-type sports name because of that moment. Yeah. Now, maybe not for the reasons you want it to be, but Bill Buckner... Um, you can't really tell the story of baseball without no, and which to me defines what a Hall of Famer is. You can't really tell the story of baseball without Bill Buckner. No, and for a because ca- of that one play, and for a casual baseball fan like I am, I mean that's the only, and I'll just be honest, that's the only reason I know who Bill Buckner is right. is because of that play. Exactly, that, that, that was my play. point yesterday. Is that made that that at one moment made him more famous than anything? Yeah, it's unfortunate, maybe infamous, but you know, yeah, yeah. But it's amazing how, and there's a lot of athletes that are just like that way. I mean, because like you know, Chris Weber. Why do people mainly will remember Chris Weber? The timeout, the timeout play. I mean, it's just there's these blunders that happen in sports. Well, people we, always remember. We started talking about when, when golf came up. John Vandevelt. I don't. You may not remember that he was the guy that at Carnoustie at yes. 90, it, it had it had just the com- complete collapse and choke meltdown. I mean, just you you think about that in the Buckner play and you. you st- you start putting some of these greatest moments in sports yeah. that that were just you, you can't you can't take your eyes off of them kind of moments. Yeah. So yeah, I know. And he, and even if you want to put it on a more local level, I mean Reggie Fish. What that I mean, yeah. we we did what's your beef Wednesday last week. We had two people tweet in that Reggie Fish dropped the ball. That was their beef. Like and it's still, it's still it's been like, thirteen years. Yeah, and it still gets brought up. So I mean, I watched it, those highlights last night. Now that you mention it, I watched the twenty two thousand six SEC championship. Why? I just just because. Oh, well, glutton for punishment. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. But uh, you know, those are just the plays that, and it gets remembered with particular players and individuals. I don't know. It's probably not right or anything, but it's just kind of the way it is. So, but uh, you know, going back to. What uh, Danny was bringing up with uh, Jimmy Witt. I have his stats here. Now, this is what's crazy about Jimmy Witt. Since now he's back with the Razorbacks, in case you haven't heard, he's a grad transfer, will be immediately eligible. So He was at Arkansas for his freshman year, left, went to SMU. Had to sit out a year at SMU. Now he's back at Arkansas. Played two years, and yes, now he's back. So to give everybody an update on how his stats have looked this past season at SMU, he averaged 12.3 points a game, 6.4 rebounds, 4.0 assists, 4 assists, and had a field goal percentage of 49%. Um, Three-point percentage was 14%. I don't know if that's... I don't think that's very say, good. Say that again? Uh, 14. 14. 14. In fact... In fact, Arkansas is going to have a seven-footer, seven-foot-three guy that shoots better than that. In fact, 
he shot that he shot better in his first year at Arkansas as a freshman. He shot 37% from three-point mm. line as a freshman at Arkansas. He shot 14%. And here's another uh, kind of a iffy stat. Um, he shot 80% from the free-throw line his freshman year at Arkansas. He was really good from the free-throw line. This past year, he shot 56%. So a guard that can't shoot the three and can't shoot free-throws. And that wasn't at the SEC level. No, that was at, that was at SMU. That was at SMU. So and, and and it's like, oh, maybe he just had a bad year. No, because in the previous year, he shot 59% from the free throw line. So if Musselman's bringing him in, I mean, I got to trust the guy. And, you know, obviously, he wants to bring in players that will help him win immediately. It's a one-year deal, right? It's a one-year deal. one-year deal. Grad transfer, he's got one year. But if, as soon as he gets on campus, I hope Coach Musselman says, all right, Jimmy, free throws and three-pointers, that's your game. That's what you need to work on until the season starts. Right before I left, uh, however long it's been, 10 days ago, yeah, whatever. Three weeks? Yeah, I was gone over a week. Y'all make it sound like I've been gone Well, with month. the holiday weekend and everything. Feels that way, though. It, yeah. I was at an event. Coach Musselman was speaking. And one of the questions that came up in the q and was, was at a banquet, and I emceed it, and he was the, the featured speaker. Someone asked him, Coach, what are you going to do about free throws? This team's been a horrible free throw shooting team. What do you do? About, make it practice more? What do you, you know, it was, a, it was a good question. It's yeah. a solid question from, from someone in the audience. And without hesitation, Coach Musselman says, you recruit better free throw shooters. And there's a lot of, you know, and it was a funny response, but there's a lot of validity in the answer. You recruit guys that can shoot free throws. It starts with that. You, you recruit better basketball players, and part of that is recruiting guys that come in as better free throw shooters. Arkansas struggles with shooting free throws. Well, you get guys that are better free throw shooters when they get on campus. Seems Duh. simple enough. Duh. <laughs> you get better players that do that at a better rate. Yeah. Amazing how that works out. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. The new beer of the summer. With a refreshing strawberry lemonade twist. Natterdays. Fun for every occasion. They won't catch him. Alex Collins is going to take it all the way to the house. First off, it's great to be playing at Bomb. Been on the road for 10, 11 days. I think the guys are excited about getting back and playing in front of their crowds and sleeping in their own beds. But, uh, I mean, the field's good. It's always good. You know, you know, we don't know a whole lot about Central Connecticut, trying to find out about them as much as we can. And then, then you got Cal and TCU who, you know, have always been good in baseball. And TCU's been to the World Series. I think they went on a roll a few years back or they went four or five years in a row. So... Um, it's going to be a great regional. Obviously, them getting to play back in Fayetteville is always a big draw. But, I mean, this this draw that they have in the regional, though, I feel like is is going to be okay for Arkansas, especially if someone like TCU got in on controversy where it's right. like you, people didn't even think they deserved to be in it, period. I think it was Aaron Fitt I was looking at. thought, you know, they didn't have him in yeah. the first five out, much less them getting into the field. They had an RPI of 58, I believe it is, for TCU. So, there, you know, there's some people feeling like TCU didn't even belong in this field. Uh, this year so you know maybe you can look at that as a team that uh, you know maybe is a lesser of a three seed than compared to some of the other three seeds on the bracket yeah in fact uh, th- this was just a little background on TCU they went 32 and 26 11 and 13 in big 12 play so they had less than a 500 record they were tied for sixth in the big 12 and the reason that they jumped so high in the RPI was in the big 12 tournament because they beat Oklahoma Baylor and Oklahoma State which made him jump 16 spots in the RPI to 59. So do we do we learn something this year, at least for this year, the committee valued? Well, 
conference play, conference tournament play, uh, because we saw Ole Miss and LSU take some jumps into the national seeding that surprised some folks. We see a team like TCU, who has a good run in the conference tournament, get into the field that probably otherwise would not have. We kind of schluff off and say, oh, these conference tournaments, these conference baseball tournaments are a waste of time. Mm Mm-hmm. But I think there's three examples right there, Ole Miss, LSU, that certainly benefited from their runs, and TCU that probably got in as a result of it. Yeah, because even a team like Arkansas, they got the five overall seed. Georgia got the fourth overall seed, and this was something we discussed earlier on the show. makes you wonder that if Arkansas would have beaten Georgia in the SEC tournament, would Arkansas have gotten that four seed instead of Georgia? Not that it really matters in the grand scheme of things, but it does make you wonder just how much does the NCAA and the committee value those conference tournaments because we kept saying pretty much all week and the week before and leading up to it that it's like you know you don't want to go zero and two in it but you don't want to go all the way unless you don't win it because even if you win it, it doesn't really mean anything because of the history between the sec tournament champion and how they performed in postseason play once they got the regional super regional called world series it doesn't happen very often where a team wins both so that's kind of what we were going through it all but maybe just maybe that the committee is trying to value that a lot more and kind of a what have you done for me lately because we know that in college basketball they do that a lot not necessarily just the tournament play but how do you play ending the season too but it seems like some years they do some years they don't you know some years it seems to matter more than others every committee seems to to value different pieces different data points uh more than than other data points you know rpi may matter more this year and conference tournament play may matter more in the next year so, or, or how you did on the road against top 40 RPI teams or you know, some number, they, some particular stat that they seem to value more. Yeah. So clearly it looks to me like in, in these couple of instances, you can say how you played in your conference tournament mattered. Yeah. No, without a doubt. And I think you could say Arkansas, if they had beaten Georgia, would be the four seed overall nationally and not the five. I think you could make that case. Now, does it matter? Right now, I'd say no. Now, there could be a matchup down the road. I hadn't looked as far. Ty, have you looked? At, who would they match up with if Arkansas was successful? Georgia. They played Georgia. So it's, it's not probably going. Georgia. It's Georgia and LSU are the two one seeds at the bottom of the of that bracket. So if one of them, you're, you're assuming Georgia, but LSU tends to get hot in postseason play sometimes. So, so that's who they face in Omaha right. first. So. <laughs> So it could be an all SEC super regional and only, and getting there for Arkansas. I mean, on early, yeah. yeah. Well, and see, and that's what's crazy about it is because the amount of not only just and this is just an SEC thing because if you look at the seeding, like UCLA is the number one overall seed, they would take on the winner of the Oregon State regional. So both Pac-12 mm-hmm. teams. Same thing with uh, Georgia would have to face LSU. Have it set up there. Georgia Tech would have to face North Carolina, Arkansas, and Ole Miss. Uh, it's it just you know the list goes down and down to Texas well, Tech versus Oklahoma State. It, it's just you got to they they want let's just be honest they want variety they want as many conferences represented and as many teams from different conferences represented into the College World Series as they possibly can. So you know there's reason why they have the matchups that they do, especially when it comes to like Arkansas and how because listen the regional we feel good about but what, how do we feel about the fact that Arkansas would have to play? Assumingly well, so, Ole Miss. How do we feel that they'd have to play probably Georgia in the first game of the College World Series you, if they made it that you, far? You like the idea you they're coming to Fayetteville. 
You, you like sure. knowing that. They, they, Arkansas plays so much better in Fayetteville. That's true. The road to Omaha goes through Fayetteville. So you, you like knowing that right now. Um, but the Ole Miss was, a, was one of the only teams that came in here this year and you know stole your lunch money. So I don't think they could do it twice. That would be my take this morning without seeing anything in regional play. But, hey, we're, we're, we're putting the cart in front of the horse here. you got to win the regional before you can worry about playing Ole Miss in a super regional. And, you know, you got to worry about, I mean, Central Connecticut State, you ought to be able to, if you're hitting and pitching can't take care of them, you don't belong in a Super Regional, much less a College World Series. You got to knock out Cal or TCU at some point. Mm-hmm. And the whole key to this thing, just like it will be the rest of it, win your first two. If you can win, if you can win at 1 o'clock on Friday, you can turn around and win Saturday night. Somebody's got to beat you twice. Uh, I don't like the odds for an, uh, another team to come in and beat Arkansas on a a Sunday night and then turn around and do it again on a Monday night. I just don't think that's going to happen. No. No, I don't either. I don't either so, at all. By now, the way, in a super regional, that's like a, a normal Yeah, another weekend SEC, series. Like a weekend series. Best two out of three. So much more much more can play out in, in that setup. But, yeah, I... I I really think Arkansas is a hard out with, with the pitching they have and the hitting they have for someone to to beat them twice if Arkansas can win their first two. Yeah. By the way, Central Connecticut State is 0-10 all-time in the NCAA yeah. tournament, and they have lost by an average score of 21-3. to And I saw where I think the largest crowd they'd played in front of this year was 600 people, and that's what's listed on the box scores. Who knows what it actually was? I wonder how the And I don't know what the crowd will be. I mean, you presume... Oh, there'll be thirteen or fourteen thousand. I don't think so for a, a one o'clock Friday game. No, no, no I bad. think like six or seven thousand. A, a, you got all these people that are dealing with flooded homes, and B, you got roads that are going to be hard to get. It'll be harder to get there depending on where you live. Mm-hmm. You live in in the River Valley. You live in Sebastian County. <laughs> it's going to be far more difficult to get to Northwest Arkansas this Friday. And perhaps the 59 bridge may or may not be open by then, depending on what the level of the water gets to. You'd have to go all the way to Clarksville and around to get to Fayetteville or go to Salisaw over in Oklahoma and go around. One or the other. Perhaps. So that's going to affect a little bit of the crowd. Mm -hmm. And also people have And then Friday at 1 o'clock. And then are you going to... Yeah, to see Central Connecticut. I don't think you'll have a big crowd there on Friday. No. I mean... You'll have seven or eight thousand, nine thousand, whatever. They, they may announce more than that, but I, you're not going to have this. Relatively rock, speaking, you're not going to have this raucous twelve, thirteen thousand people hog pin full. No, crowd at one o'clock on Friday. No, not it's going to be a good crowd, not a great crowd though. But you know that's actually something that people keep getting frustrated by. Dave Van Horn every single time he likes these early games because correct me if I'm wrong, it, it's the hosting team that gets to decide correct which game that they play as far as the time of it. And this is something that you just come to be expected of Dave Van Horn. He likes playing those 1 p.m. games and getting them out early. So I know it's frustrating to Razorback fans who want to come and watch the game that uh, are not unable to because it's not the later game. But still, like you said, Tommy, I mean, if Arkansas has has anything like this, I mean, it's going to be it's just going to be domination. Yeah. I mean, twenty-one to three is the average score that Central Connecticut has lost in the in the uh, NCAA tournament. So, but you know, as far as their draw goes, though. Um, Obviously, uh, the Central Connecticut thing is, is we've discussed, but then 
playing the winner of the Cal or TCU. TCU got in on some controversy, but Cal actually had a really good record over in the Pac-12 land, 32 and 18 overall, 17 and 11, and they finished fourth behind UCLA, Stanford, and Oregon State, the three teams who are all national seeds in college baseball. So, I mean, they're... Cal's probably, you would think, is going to be the winner of that TCU game, and then that's the team that Arkansas is going to have to take care of business against. I mean, do you see them, Do you see Arkansas clean sweep in this? I mean, with Arkansas, if Arkansas is hitting the baseball, that's the thing, the last couple of games, they have not hit the baseball well. I cannot believe Arkansas is not going to get back to, particularly in their home ballpark, hitting the ball. And if they're batting well, yeah, I think they could win three in a row and be done. But the way they've been hitting the last couple, the way they hit, and Hoover, hmm. that, that, that'd be problematic. Yeah. Well, you know that they're not going to face the quality of pitching right. that they yeah. face, I mean, but still. Well, I'm saying every SEC team, and, and to some degree, ACC, Pac-12, Big 12, to some degree, that's true for some of their better teams, are going to see a step down in competition. For every SEC team, the level of competition is going to be a, a little bit of Excel, you know, compared to, to what you saw in Hoover in the last couple of weeks of SEC play, um, <laughs> just what you're facing, you know, particularly if you're a one seed in your regional, um, what is it, six teams, I think we said? You yeah, know, from the SEC. Six yeah. teams are hosting, you know, so six teams are one seeds. Yeah, I mean, it's an easier deal than what you've been doing the last few yeah. weeks. Yeah, not to jinx anything or overlook anything. But I'm just saying that's that's the reality. Right. I mean, these are going to feel probably, as far as competition goes, more like midweek series games. Well, than I mean, it's a, it's a step above that, but you know, not like Central Connecticut State will be. But when you get into the twos and threes, they're, those teams, there's a reason they're twos and threes and not ones from the SEC. Yeah. I mean, the competition is still going to be but good. I'm not saying play that, down but, to your competition. Yeah. But even you know, even Casey Martin said in the media yesterday that hey, so there's been times we overlook teams hey, this year. I can't overlook you, anybody. All six of these SEC teams won't survive to next weekend. How many think? How many think to do? How many think you survive? Six of those national seats because there's more than six that got in, obviously. But right. Of those six, I have a hard time believing none of them. them. You think four of them? Okay. Yeah. There'll be two eliminated. Yeah. It's just, I mean, that, that's just baseball. That's just baseball. Yeah. They're not all six going to win the region. I'll be, that's the, the, probably the, the least likely. Yeah. Other than all six lose, you know. But I would not be surprised if some of those SEC teams that are not hosts end up winning those regions. That will happen too. Yeah. Because, you know, the SEC is as strong as ever. I mean, there's Texas A&M, there's Florida, there's Tennessee, there's Auburn. There's some good teams there. So it's not like what, the ten, ten. Is there ten total teams? In? Ten total teams. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad from the SEC. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Brought to you by the all-new Natural Light Natterdays. The new beer of the summer. So I hope everybody had a wonderful Memorial Day weekend, by the way. I know that uh, we certainly did here on the Morning Rush. Tommy had a kind of like a Memorial Day week, essentially, as he was down in vacation there at the Turks. And uh, hanging out there. Yeah. And, and Tommy, I want you to know, you, you'll be proud of me for this real quick, that yesterday, as we've said, that on Memorial mm-hmm. Day weekend or Memorial Day, it's like you need to be next to a body of water and right. next to an open flame. Is right. that correct? I was next to a body of water and I was next to an open flame. <laughs> I grilled out yeah. yesterday on Memorial what'd Day. You, what'd you cook? Okay, now this is I where get gets, my in, I don't remember my invite. Coming well, in, well you know, anyway. I didn't get my invite to the Turks, so you know we're we're all even there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just completely the same. Yeah, my thing. wife would have loved that for our fifteenth anniversary trip. I mean, now bringing uh, you along, of course, I had I had to go a little healthy. 
a little help. Had to. Yeah. Had to do that for for uh for the for the old gal. And so <laughs> I'm sure she feels the affection however, of calling her the old gal. However, <laughs> there I had some shrimp skewers. Mm-hmm. With some with some veggies there. Yeah, you got to be careful not to overcook them. That's right. Become it, rubbery. It, it, it was. You got to get the vegetables done first, and then add the shrimp. That's right. Yeah. It was. It was okay. It wasn't yeah. for my first attempt of skewers. It was okay, yeah. not great. Right. But I also we had some chicken. Okay. But for me, I had me some jalapeno cheddar brats, and I there was you go. Real, and it was fantastic. Yeah. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. So, yeah. but uh, I just wanted to let you know that I had actually stood next to an opening fire. <laughs> and grilled something on Memorial Day really weekend. Proud of you. Had to, come, had, I had to come with it. I tell you, I, I felt like I, I I feel this way sometimes when I get out of town for a week. You know, guilty that I'm gone and this and that. And I, I felt really bad this time because the day I leave, a tornado comes through town. Yeah. Uh, and, and unfortunately, it was an EF1 and, you know, didn't torps and trees and people's homes were, were in bad shape. But then now this historic flooding, you know, come through and we got three of the four bridges coming into the river valley shut down garrison avenue midland 540 all down 59 which is about two miles from where we're sitting right now traffic is a horrendous mess if you're in the river valley this morning because if you're coming into town from crawford county or anywhere north if you're coming from the river valley into town you got to come across the barling bridge at lock and dam 13 it's bumper to bumper the whole way. And then the only way into town, and then you got to go either the new, whatever they call this out here, that goes from uh, Barling out to Jenny Lynn, or you take Zero Street right in front of the radio station here. And there's already been like two wrecks out here where people aren't paying attention. It's bumper to bumper. People rear-ending each other. Got to call them in to go. You know, 22 down at Central City shut down. So if you're in Charleston or Lavac or anywhere east on 22 and you need to get into town, you got to go through Greenwood, go 96 down to Greenwood, and then Highway 10 out to 71. Well, no, they said there's no one directing traffic, and it's just a sounds like a mess, bumper to bumper mess. So I mean, every thoroughfare because you've basically taken all the traffic off of 540 and put it on about two roads. It's just gonna be a mess. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. This isn't like a one or two day deal. It's going to be all week. It'll be this way till they can open these bridges back up. Which at best case would be what, Friday? Oh, I don't think so. I think like that. Monday. All right, Monday. So a full week. Over a week. Well, right at it. Happen, they closed yeah. them down late last night after 10 o'clock. But Grief. Apparently, the bridges, there isn't a problem with the bridges. They got a new update from... Our dot this morning, you know, people are concerned. Is there a problem with the structural integrity of the bridges themselves? Is that why they're shut down? No, they're shut down because just like the Garrison Bridge is shut down because the road, the approach in Oklahoma on 64 is covered in water. It's not the bridge itself. It's not it's the, the bridge. Leading it's the road up leading up to the bridge yeah. is covered in water. And so 540 between Kelly Highway. Now, 540 isn't completely shut down. It's just the river bridge is shut down. So between Kelly Highway and the bridge is is down because the road's covered. Yeah. I don't know what else they could do. They could just sandbag the side of the road. I don't know what you could do and then pump the water. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how bad it is or how bad it's going to get. Yeah. Never had to deal with anything like this before. But it is creating one hell of a mess with traffic this morning. Yeah. Yeah. So and it's ca- not going to get any better as yeah. the day goes on. No, so be careful out there, folks. And then you got think 
Thank goodness school's out in the River Valley. Or Fort Smith is oh my called, called it called it a year, it seems like. Could you, and, uh, could you imagine? So what it'd if be you like? had school traffic on top of that, it'd be awful. Even worse. East end of Rogers is shut down. So it's just a mess. And then those are just the inconveniences. Mm-hmm. Those are just the things where if you're sitting in traffic right now, you're inconvenienced. There's a lot of our friends and neighbors whose houses have inches or feet of water in them, or their business has feet of water in them. Those are the people with real problems. Those are the people that, that really have a disaster. The rest of us are just uh, inconvenienced at this point. Have they said how many homes have been in? Oh, they're impacted? talking like a thousand in Fort Smith. But it, it, listen, this isn't just isolated to to the River Valley. This isn't a right. Fort Smith Van Buren issue. This is any town along the Arkansas River. So, you know, go all the way down. You know, in south of Clarksville, in, in that area. Keep going, Dardanelle and Russellville. Keep going to Moralton. I mean, Little Rock, just Pine Bluff, all the way to the Delta. The, this flooding is going to impact the homes along the river all the way in Arkansas. We've seen the, the the disaster in Oklahoma, and that's where all this started was all the heavy rains in Kansas and Oklahoma that is sending this water towards the Arkansas River and, and through here, and it hasn't even crested yet. It's going to be tomorrow, it appears, now mm. before the crest of the river, and it's going to hold for like four days. So we haven't seen the worst yet. And it's already bad. Mm. It's incredible. And I mean, I, you've seen it on that. I mean, it's making national news. I mean, this is a thing that yeah, I mean, everybody is covering. CBS and Fox had their yeah. national shows from Lock and Dam 13. Our man Officer Breeden was on the national news. I've been on the local news. I checked. He's not on duty this morning. No. Well, in fact, you know, he didn't clear it with us whether he should be on duty with the morning rush in here. Giving us updates. Yeah, he certainly should. I can't believe he's not doing that. Uh, but, you know, you mentioned him being on CBS News. We actually have the audio clip from him discussing the now, flooding. Th- this wasn't, well, this was with the levees, but this was also at the same time where they were uh, air evacuing the guys, that the Corps of Engineers yeah. staff out of the Lock and Dam building by helicopter. Yeah, so Officer Breeden with his uh, national television debut. Barling police officer James Breeden told us he's never seen the water this high. There's a, a great deal of concern about the levees holding up. There is a concern about the integrity of the levels. They've never been tested to this limit before. What are we talking about with the potential impact of one of those levees not holding? The potential impact is literally tens of thousands of people would be without a place to live. Uh, it would wipe out that many homes. Yeah, so there was there yeah. you have it, Officer Breeden on CBS News, uh, giving the giving the P- update there, particularly for Crawford County residents in Van. The, the levee runs now on the the side in Barling from the Barling Bridge over. There'd be a lot of cropland, if, if, depending on where if, if there was a problem with the levee. But then you get into Van Buren, and he's right of it. If it if that levee breached at the wrong place, it could be a situation like what we saw with Katrina in New Orleans all over again right here in our backyard. Mm. So this is a dangerous, serious situation. I mean, and we're, like we said, uh, homes and stuff along tributaries to the river, drainage to the river, and then homes right along the river already seeing the water creep up in inside them. So, yeah. yeah, just be I safe mean, with it, man. I mean, just think about things. Three of the four bridges coming into town are shut down. Think if you need medical care 
or I was reading someone on Facebook. They're due to have a baby this week, and they're supposed to deliver at Mercy or Baptist Health, and they can't get across the bridge. I mean, <laughs> just, oh. What was it you brought up yesterday when I was talking to you, just talking about food and, and, and deliveries oh, yeah. and stuff, trying to get into the city, Our too. buddy Scott over at Calico County is talking to, to food suppliers. The only way to get food, like food delivery trucks in to restock restaurants and perhaps grocery stores or whatever is going to be Highway 10 through Greenwood. Well, 10's already a snarled mess. We've been getting text all morning about how bad the traffic is for people trying to get into town using Highway 10 right now. I mean, it's just, it's not going to be any fun. But listen, it's going to be a frustrating inconvenience for several days. It's not going to end any time in the, in the near future. But if your home has not got inches or feet of water in it, just count yourself as lucky. Yeah. All right? Because the traffic we can, we can deal with. You'll get there. You may be late, but you'll get there. Everybody's going to have to be understanding right now. Be a little more patient. And I, <laughs> patience and me don't go well. Yeah, good luck I, doing I, that. I'm not very good at patience, but you're just going to have to get some. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, your choices right now are like Highway 10. You can go all the way down to Clarksville and cross at Morrison Bluff. Go to Salisaw, cross over, go to Spiro and Salisaw. I mean, you just don't have a lot of options right now road-wise. Nope. We take a lot of things for granted, don't we? Yeah, especially when it comes to the roadways. Yeah. I mean, those are things you always feel like are going to be available to yeah. you. So they're gone. Hey, real quick. It had been great to see the outpouring of people helping people. People that are you know, just helping strangers. Well, either yeah. whether it's unloading their house or filling sandbags or donating food to volunteers or whatever it is. I mean, it's just been great to see the outpouring of just love thy neighbor. And we're, we're, we'll just see it all across our state. I mean, you know, people people want to paint a picture that we don't get along anymore as a country. We're divided as a nation. And then you see catastrophes, you see disasters, you see things that challenge us, and we always seem to come together. I, I just think it's, you know, through all these things that are uh, catastrophic in a lot of ways, we find the good in each other. Yeah been really really awesome to see that part of this it's a silver lining in this uh, disaster that's going through so it's always good to see the best of mankind coming out especially when it comes to this state of arkansas and everybody helping out each other as well your number one source of local news and information you need like the bud light morning rush podcast check out the halftime pod at hitthatline.com